When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hello, people. This is the Extra Spicy Podcast. I'm Justin Phillips. And I'm Soleil Ho. This is the final episode of Extra Spicy's second season. Dang. Who, who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thought we would have two, two seasons? What the hell? We made it after interviews about eels yeah. and restaurants and I don't even know what. We talked about a lot of things. Hawaii. Cho- chocolate, <laughs> Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all just jumbled up in the extra spicy library in our brain at this point. Yeah, no, it's been so much fun. And I am so glad that we are taking this time to wind down with some stupidity. Yes, what we're good at. We know everyone loves the uh, informative stuff, but... At our core, we're just two bumbling fools who talk about stupid things sometimes. I mean, I don't know about you, but I have maybe like, I don't even have two brain cells left to rub against each other at this point. Oh, I've completely, completely run out. It's done. It's empty up there. (laughs) No thoughts, only pasta. (laughs) (laughs) So just like the end of the first season, we're going to spend the next half hour talking about the wildest stuff that happened in the food world this year. So we talked it over before we recorded this, and we decided on a few really choice items, and we're going to take turns presenting them. Yeah, just the good stuff. (laughs) Only the cream of the chaff (laughs) or whatever. This would be so easy to phone in, you know, but I'm glad we took the time to prep. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the the last day of school. Who could blame us? Oh, yeah. Where like nobody's even wearing shirts in the classroom. Or maybe that was just my school. I don't know. Yeah. uh, So let's do an episode talking about your school. (laughs) That seems like quite the lawless place. Kids playing Magic the Gathering in the classroom. You know. Yeah. Watching. uh, Oh, my God. Are we going to date ourselves? Watching. Having them roll the TVs in. Actually, did they roll the TVs in? Am I getting. We're not that old. When we used to rub <laughs> sticks together to create fires in the <laughs> in the class for heat, that that's how old we are. Right. Well, anyway, <laughs> I wanted to start with this one. Um, so uh, anyone, I think, who has stayed in hotels probably knows this, where there's a genre of TV show that you only watch when you're in a hotel, such as American Ninja Warrior. Oh, yeah. Or... I don't know, Sister Wives. (laughs) Yeah. That's my favorite, actually. Um, And I was recently staying in a hotel in Minnesota, and um, TLC came up, and they had this show called So Freakin' Cheap, which also, like, cute that they have freakin' in the title. Oh, my God. So pure. Yeah. Um, And so it's about families that are, like, ridiculously cheap, right? And so this woman in this family, she's, like, the mom, is very cheap as is the premise of the show. And (laughs) she will go around asking her neighbors for like the kind of end bits of their pasta boxes. You know, like when you don't use it all and you have like a 
quarter cup of rotini left and you're just like, uh, I don't know what to right. do with this. Right. So she takes those from her neighbors and she combines all of them, rotini, fusilli, spaghetti, linguine, into one pot. Mm-hmm. And cooks it up for family pasta night. Uh, <laughs> she has like maybe one can of tomatoes that she mixes with it all. And then if you want more sauce, she says you got to use ketchup to like, you know, lubricate oh, it all. My God. And then she saves the like Parmesan from like ordering pizza. And like, I mean, like that's normal. Mm-hmm. I feel like I do that. Right, right. For sure. But like that's just part of the overall picture for this person. Um and they like eat this this like bananas pasta in this giant house, I should say. Like they, you know, they they have money, it seems. Um, and I just the first thing I thought when I saw that clip was it's gonna make every Italian I just wanna show it to every Italian I know just to make them extremely upset. So what you what you what you think of this? Why don't you sit down without context and watch this thing? I, so I've got a couple of questions. Did the the family in, in the show enjoyed it, I'm guessing, right? Like, was it just bonding or were they like, mm-mm, delicious kind of thing? They were like, I mean, that's all they knew. Mm. You huh. know? And they were just like, yeah, we're going to eat this pasta. It's family pasta night, whatever. And they were probably like crunching on like mushy <laughs> linguine and then like weirdly like over like not quite al dente, like you know fusilli, and just like oh yeah, that's normal. The textures, a landscape of textures. Oh man, testing the limits of love and food. Like at what point do you turn to someone that you care about and you're like, yo, this is terrible. Like you know, well, what's this funny is, terrible. is like her daughters brought their boyfriends, and I'm like, okay, if <laughs> if you went over <laughs> to your girlfriend's parents' house or whatever, and they made that, like, would you stay? With this person? No, uh, no. Nah. Now kindly remove that spaghetti from my poker table. <laughs> the hell is so funny? <laughs> it's not spaghetti, it's linguine. <laughs> now it's garbage. Or, <laughs> I mean, well, you and I are the, the type that have good manners. Like, we would probably sit down there and shovel it down. But definitely leave with some judgment, I think. I I don't know if that would be the greatest impression left on us. But who knows? We could be hating our asses off and, like, maybe it's solid. Maybe the mushy to al dente to, you know, cheap ketchup-y taste of all of this works. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't think – I mean, maybe this is me, like – claiming an L on my part, but I don't think there's any sex that is good enough to justify sitting through that more than once. Yeah, I would like to think that too, but um, I don't (laughs) don't know. (laughs) I mean, maybe this is a family of extremely amazing lovers. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) uh, But it upset me, and I felt like showing an Italian that clip would be like showing a vegan a clip of like whales being slaughtered in the ocean you know oh my god their friends are like bro that family can't cook and the partner's like i don't care you don't understand it's (laughs) worth it (laughs) (laughs) oh my god this would be a good premise of a show for sure we should just shift the narrative a little bit that's actually that's that's super super funny i like that one i like the idea of it i need to what's the show called again so freaking cheap. Gotcha. 
It's okay. upsetting. It's so upsetting. All right. Well, you know, I feel like that is a good segue into the next thing that I want to that I want to talk about on this one is so Kraft Mac and Cheese has partnered with a uh, boutique ice cream spot, Van Leeuwen, that has places like in New York and L.A. to create a macaroni and cheese flavored ice cream. All right? Okay. And, you know, Eater did a story on it, actually, uh, and they said that the ice cream is not that bad. Cool. I can... I could kind of see that. This little piece of gum is a three-course dinner. Bull. No, roast beef, but I haven't got it quite right yet. Me, personally, uh, macaroni and cheese-flavored ice cream, like the idea, I'm eating something that I'm thinking of warmth while eating something that's cold. It's just not my cup of tea. And also the idea that ice cream has like a like a strong processed cheese flavor. That's kind of tough. That's a tough that might be a bitter pill for me to swallow. Is that something you think you'd be into? For me, I, I don't know. I'm imagining pieces of macaroni swirled in. <laughs> right. Probably not not like <laughs> like how would you top that? You would top it with like pieces of pasta, maybe? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Like crunchy <laughs> crunchy piece. Hard pieces of pasta on top <laughs> of the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> or or you cook it and then you fry it and then you put it on top. Ooh, okay. Okay, okay. It's sounding a little bit more acceptable. Yeah, now we're getting somewhere. Now this this doesn't sound that bad. I you know, and I've always <laughs> and, and since ever since moving out here like years ago, I'm not going to lie to you, before I moved to the Bay Area, the idea of like gourmet ice cream or ice cream concoctions mixing flavors like wasn't really none of it really appealed to me. You know, like and you know the Soleil, like down south, I don't think there's any there was no one thinking that way about ice cream, you know, if you go back six, eight, ten years. But out here, I've become more familiar with it because I feel like they're, you know, especially if you run into like salt and straw or something, you're like, oh, wow, this is, you know, look at look at the goofy things that they're putting together that might work. I still, I don't know, Kraft Mac and Cheese and ice cream just doesn't do it for me. I, I, <laughs> I, I might have become more progressive in the ice cream sphere, I guess, but not not that far. I don't know. I got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> well, what about Kraft mac and cheese Oreos? Oh. And and take the question as you can choose, like, if between, like, Oreos with the cream being flavored like Kraft mac and cheese or um, the mac and cheese with a sauce made with Oreos. <laughs> oh, my God. Which one would you prefer? All right. It's going to come down to how much time do I have to spend in the bathroom that day? <laughs> if I have an entire day to deal with the intestinal <laughs> issues that are going to arise from eating this, I'd probably go with, oh my God, which one visually looks more appealing? Because you said Oreos with like craft cheese inside of them. Right. Okay. Or macaroni and cheese with Oreo sauce on them. Yes. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with the cheese-filled Oreos, probably. <laughs> okay. I mean, what does that say about me? What would you go for, actually? That's actually, that's a, that's the better so question. So you would be willing to mix the, like, Oreo chocolate with Kraft mac and cheese flavor? That's, that, you accept that? Like, well, here's, wow, here's, you're like, you like yeah. that? Well, well here's, <laughs> the way, the way you just asked me that. 
<laughs> Maybe second guess it. Like, oh, that's that's the shit that you're into? You're into that? That's you? <laughs> How about... Maybe it's like... Do I make you horny, baby? <laughs> yeah, what the hell? All right, I got a better idea. I, I, here, here's a caveat to that question. Do Oreos actually taste like chocolate? Like, is that is is that flavored chocolate? I think it tastes... Yeah, like chocolatey. It tastes like, you know, cheapo chocolate powder. Yeah, okay, so it's like chocolate-esque, kind of. It's not like chocolate it's chocolate, more it's like, like Oreo chocolate. Yeah, it tastes more like chocolate than, like, LaCroix tastes like any fruit. Mmm, okay. That's actually a very great way to put it. Okay, so if that's the case, if I'm doing chocolate-esque... Cho- oh, shit, actually, maybe that's not better. Maybe it would be better to do it with, like, real chocolate cheese. No, 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 I'm gonna stick to what I said. I'm gonna do the, <laughs> the cheese-filled Oreo. I can't back down now. <laughs> well, I would imagine, like, the cookie would make a pretty good roux. Right? For the sauce. Oh, my God. Why are you saying that? Why are we doing this? I don't understand. <laughs> it would make a really thick sauce because of all the starch in the cookie. You know this would make, like, a really good video? Like, if you shot a video making macaroni and cheese with Oreo sauce or Oreos filled with mac and cheese cheese, like, it could make, it could make a very good, vi- a compelling food video. So you're saying we should get into, like, the TikTok uh, nasty food scam? I mean, I feel like that's the next step. We're, we can be influencers in that space. <laughs> well, on that note, I think that's a cue for us to talk about TikTok as our next item on our list of atrocities. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. I'm down. Okay. So, like, what is besides all of the like obvious outragey videos by like this that random like magician dude um <laughs> who like commissions videos of like hot ladies making disgusting food yeah. um what is the nastiest thing you've seen on TikTok I think the the wildest one that I've seen there are a bunch right but the one that sticks out to, the one that sticks out in my mind just visually is the uh macaroni and cheese where they Take where the cheese, the sauce itself that goes on top of it is made from uh, boiled hot Cheetos. Like they take the hot Cheetos, put them in a bag with water, cook them down until they're like a sauce. They boil the pasta, then they toss all of that together. That thing, one, it looks absolutely disgusting. <laughs> Two, you know that that hot Cheeto sauce doesn't taste like a damn thing. Like, boiling down that stuff into a juice, you know it breaks down into absolutely nothing. And so they put that on there. And three, the one, the one thing I really hate about it is, like, in the video, I think the the person filming is like, oh, that looks good. Like, the whole time just doing this supportive nonsense where it's like, come on, you know this is gross. You know that's gross. Wow. Yeah, I mean, no. You think – do you think it's still spicy at least? Nah, I don't think so. I feel I feel like it would be super bland. Also, the idea that you could cook Cheetos down into like a paste that's thick enough to coat like a bowl <laughs> of noodles just doesn't. I feel like it would just end in realistically, like if you do nothing to it, it would just end up looking like noodles in a red soup. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I love I love hot Cheetos. I, like, I grew up eating stuff like that, like hot Cheetos for sure. But I would never disgrace the Hot Cheeto brand by boiling it down. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's just not in me. What's well, that? I feel like if you're going to do that and you're going to combine those things, you might as well just make the sauce and just pour it directly into the toilet. Just like 
skip the middleman and just like it's gonna look the same anyway. It's gonna look exactly the same, and it'll probably come out in the same force that it does if you pour it from a pot directly into the toilet. It's gonna it's gonna make the same kind of noise. Oh god. My god. That's what I'm saying. With a lot of these things, it all depends. Would I eat it? It's like, what is my accessibility to a bathroom? How long do I have? I'm like too old to dabble in stuff like this. You know what I mean? Like I can't just I can't I can't sleep a tummy ache off anymore. Like it just doesn't work that way. Aww. Johnny, I'm yeah. getting old. You kidding? I took a vacation with the Mexico. I got the walks. Yeah, I know. I'm getting so old. You're listening to the Extra Spicy Podcast. We'll be right back after the break. You can support this podcast and the newsroom that creates it by subscribing to the San Francisco Chronicle at sfchronicle.com slash pod. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. I'm Salejo, and I'm back with Justin Phillips. We're talking about a bunch of nonsense, and currently, that includes TikTok. What, what's one that you have, Soleil? Like, what's one that's stuck in your mind? Uh, so... You know, there are a lot of TikTok videos where I just cannot help but vocalize while I'm watching them. I'm just like, I would just say, just make disgusted noises the whole time. Right. And it's simple stuff. It's not the elaborate, like, tabletop nachos or pasta weirdness. It's just, it's it's basic stuff like lettuce tea. Oh, my God. You know, it's simple. The idea is simple. You just steep lettuce like iceberg lettuce leaves in Uh hot water Uh make a tea out of that like watery vegetable that's already water right and and then you drink it for reasons like the thing about tiktok is that things are so easy to like things proliferate so easily in the guise of like dietary advice or yeah um pseudo medicinal stuff so it's very prone to snake oil yeah. type remedies yeah yeah. and so lettuce tea is supposed to make you sleep better oh my god but like it's disgust like, it, like <laughs> okay like the 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 greatest use of iceberg lettuce because it is a disgusting salad vegetable uh-huh, uh-huh. um it is the reason why i hated salad for a long time because i grew up you know we're in a time when like that was most salads was, was. Just iceberg lettuce. Yep. And but the one use of iceberg that I accept is, like on a culinary sense is stir fried. So you mm. you know you cook it hot, you like sear it, it like gets it stays a little bit crisp and it's cooked. It's really wonderful. Um but in tea the horribleness of dousing raw iceberg lettuce in like ranch or yeah. Italian dressing um, and, and until it wilts and it's just is this like mucky uh, like <laughs> like rags like wet tissue paper in your mouth like they are just they're just making that happen like faster. Oh my Why? god. Yeah, that TikTok was commissioned by Big Iceberg, if you did not know. It was actually a person, it was actually lettuce in a uh, in a human costume that made that tea TikTok for sure. <laughs> God. 
It hurts me so much. I hate it. I hate it. You know, I feel personally victimized by lettuce tea. You know, it, it that would be paired really good with that video that was posted of um, the lady who made sandwiches for her husband going to work, like packed a lunch for him and they were bell pepper sandwiches, like where she cut a bell pepper in half and I think put cream cheese on the inside and then I think iceberg lettuce and like ham and sandwiched it together. That would go really well together, I think. That would be a nice <laughs> lunch. It oh. seems like it seems like some kind of red wall shit though. <laughs> You know, like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm going to yeah. have my little pepper sandwich and my lettuce tea in my mouse hole. <laughs> like, that makes sense to me. Like, you're drinking out of, like, flowers. Like, okay. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I was also thinking of, like, the actual act of eating, just the bell pepper sandwich thing. The actual act of eating a bell pepper sandwich. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever... I don't know who listening to this or if you have, Soleil, have tried to like bite into a bell pepper, but like that kind of slick, waxy surface does not make a good bite. And I can only imagine just like splitting one in half, putting cream cheese and meat in the middle and like trying to bite it and your teeth slip and you bite your tongue or some shit. I would want it. I would absolutely hate that. I would lose my mind if I like ate something like that and that happened. You I don't bite know why I'm angry about. It. Yeah. You bleed out. You go to the hospital. It's a whole disaster. I could imagine it's it. A, it's a whole disaster. They ask you if you've been drinking lettuce tea, and you have to admit that you have. And they're like, "Why would you do that?" And it becomes a whole thing. <laughs> and then they call you lettuce tea guy at work for the rest every, of your time there, and you have every, to move. Everyone's laughing at you. Then you know. <laughs> We you have to go into whole... witness protection. <laughs> right. Then you have to explain to other people in witness protection why you're there. And you have to tell them it's lettuce tea. They laugh at you. It's like, you know, when does it end? Right. And then you go into double witness protection. And then it's just like, it just goes on and on and on. Right. And then also in that double witness protection are other people who drank lettuce tea. Anyway, <laughs> we could keep doing this for hours. <laughs> well, Oh, my God. Well, you know, Chairman Kaga from Iron Chef, I would be remiss to not mention that at the beginning of every episode, he bites into a bell pepper for some reason. Mm, I feel like it is a sign of strength. If you can get your teeth into <laughs> a bell pepper, you know, good for you. I just know mine, it would just slip all around and I'd hurt myself. I'm old <laughs> and my teeth are weak. I'm not a kid anymore. I know I'm getting old. In Vegas, I played a slot machine. Three prunes came up. Oh, my God. So many revelations in this last episode. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, okay. On that note... <laughs> Let's leave it there Okay. Uh, before you further humiliate yourself. I know. I'm What's sorry. the next item? So, yeah, you're absolutely right. So speaking of humiliating oneself, <laughs> That's a my next intro. topic has to do with Kanye mm. and the fact that Kanye ate at uh, Nari, the, you know, Thai California cuisine restaurant in San Francisco, uh, super popular and eating there. That's not the basis of that. That's not the most interesting thing about this. How Kanye. Right. It's normal. Yeah, it's super normal. He ate at a place, period. How they went about it is very Kanye or Kanye's team, I guess, because someone from his team reached out to the restaurant, tried to get a last minute reservation and said it was Noma people, which 
By the way, Noma is one of the best restaurants on the planet, has long been held that way. And so he name dropped this hyper exclusive place, making it seem like Rene Redzepi, the chef from that place, is going to show up, right? And any person in the food world would be like, holy crap, I can't believe this is happening. So, I mean, they got the booking, but the fact that Kanye did that instead of just saying that it was Kanye, doesn't it? It just seems like what. Also, maybe it shows how in such high regard that Kanye holds Noma, where he could just be like, people from Noma are coming and I know this will get me a table. Like, what what do you think about that when, when you heard it, Sully? I just think it's so funny. So I heard about it when Pim Tejimanvit, the owner of mm-hmm. Nari, tweeted all about, about it, which, right. you know, I think it's really funny. Um, she's very online and I appreciate that about her yeah and i thought it was kind of cute at first because i was Mm -hmm. like oh like maybe this is like a self-deprecating move maybe they don't think they care about kanye and nari but they would rather care about renee redzepi i don't know how to put this but renee redzepi kind of a big deal um and that's how they were trying to manipulate them yeah (laughs) i mean it was kind of like it felt very innocent in a way in its cynicism and just kind of doubled back into innocence to me. Um, I thought it was really funny. I think it's super cute. I also like to imagine that it's because Kanye just holds restaurant people and like their teams and their chefs in such high regard where he's like, I'd, I'd never be go- be able to get in. I'm just Kanye. But if I say <laughs> just Kanye. I'm just Kanye, no one cares. <laughs> that's Stupid. a far cry from Jesus, man. I know, man. Maybe what if that's what if that's his like the way he's like humbled himself? He's put himself like on a a level below, you know, food world people, and he's like, I'll never be this big. I need to get my ego in checked, kind of thing. Oh my god. You know, you never know. <laughs> After running for president, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what he thinks, probably. Yes. <laughs> Oh, my God. I just think it's so funny that that's what he used to name drop. I mean, I feel like it's the most Kanye of Kanye things to do. I kind of love it. I also love that he went there and ate. Did you ever hear anything about, like, you know, they leave, like, a nice tip and stuff? How'd that go? I don't – I didn't hear anything about the tip, but sounds like they were very nice customers. That's nice. As they should be. As all people should be. All right. So we got Kanye news out the way. We have gross food (laughs) stuff out the way. What else do we have? The last thing is the Subway tuna thing, which has been like a long-running mystery in the food world this mm, year. Mm-hmm. And the whole deal is that some people in actually the Bay Area, I think they were in the – oh, gosh. I think they're based in Fremont, and they put out a lawsuit against Subway claiming that independent um, tests revealed that the tuna – in the tuna sandwich is not tuna. Fish are friends, not food. Like they didn't find tuna DNA. And so that was the whole thing. It was very provocative. I wrote a story about it. Everybody wrote stories about it. Um, and New- the New York Times recently put on their own test where they took a tuna sandwich from Subway. They froze it and then shipped it to a lab to get it tested. Mm-hmm. And that lab did not find tuna DNA either. And then they made the story about that. Mm. Oh, interesting. I mean... And so, like, on. I don't know. My question is, like, if it's not tuna, what is it? 
Right. Also, does this story feel like it has like a boring ending compared to how it started? Because I remember when the conversation about this started, it was like, <laughs> damn, Subway got all tight. Like, it was just funny to think of what it could be if not tuna, right? Right. Maybe not. Maybe not yeah, funny. it's like Schrodinger's yeah. cat. Like, you do not know what is in that can. Exactly. It could be truly anything in the world. Yeah, so I guess I hope the ending would have been more exciting. But I will say this. It's funny because, like, Subway definitely feels like vindicated you know they're like see we told you you guys had nothing to worry about because they even launched this website subwaytunafacts.com they've gone all the way down to being like what's myth and what's true and you know they'll be like this new york times story is a, you know like myth this new york times story that says you know we didn't use real tuna fact is like you know the truth about it or whatever i just love that they were like now they're extra confident about it i don't remember what it was like in the beginning so like, you did say, like, you know, before when we talked about this, like, Subway was kind of upfront, I guess, or something. But maybe, like, the narrative just ran away online because we – it's very, very easy to shit on Subway. Like, it's so well, easy. The, the headlines, many of the headlines, mine excluded, I will mention, but many of the headlines <laughs> re- repeated what the lawsuit claimed mm. without citing that properly. Mm. And so it just looked like it was a news story about how the tuna was not tuna. You know what I mean? Rather than saying, like, like. this lawsuit claims that this thing is not that. um, And there was no sort of, like, objective judgment about, like, the content of the lawsuit and, like, the appropriateness of it or even the fitness of it. You know, it just, like, replicated the claim. And so people ran away with it because they only read headlines anyway, (laughs) as we know. That is the Um, truth. And I think there's a tendency to – you want that story to be – outrageous because you want to believe it's like slurm right it's like alien goo yep yep, masquerading as soda yep um i think that's the funny like people think that's hilarious and yet the truth is a lot more banal than you think because like what people think is you know there were these like landmark dna tests of sushi for instance a Mm -hmm. while ago where they found like many of the sort of fish that were being claimed as being like x y or z fish were not um they were mislabeled and um kind of fraudulent and that worked because the sushi was raw ah i see i see i when mean you cook flesh yeah it degrades so much of the like just the basic content of the sample you know what i mean yeah. like <laughs> Yeah. Like DNA tests on humans work because we're alive or like, you know, we're not cooked. We might have degraded. You know, you can carbon date like a dead human, but like, you know, it's complicated. Yeah. We don't usually mix the human sample with mayonnaise. <laughs> right. Well. With some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Never mind. You know, I was also thinking of this. Like, is there something appealing to the masses and like ourselves? included about the idea of like seafood not really being seafood like or you know because i know it becomes when it comes down to like sourcing of like seafood or meat um people are very curious about that if someone lies about it they just you know it becomes a whole issue but i don't know i feel like there's some like odd obsession that people that that the food world might have anytime there's a chance like some type of seafood isn't exactly what people say it is or if it's like a different kind of fish or if it's not fish i don't know i feel like seafood is just different that way like people it's easier for that for people to buy into that if it's a story like oh 
it's not what it seems. People are like, oh, yeah, hell yeah, I can believe this kind of thing. I don't know. Well, there's a few things that work here, I think. Um, one, we live in a highly industrialized food system. You know what I mean? So, right. so many of the foods, as we as we talked about in the eel episode, exist in a black box yep. where you don't really know where it's from. You can kind of be assured, but it's a big trust thing between the consumer and mm-hmm. the producer. Um, so many things change hands and are processed in ways that we don't even want to think about. And the tuna thing is another symptom of that where, I mean, I don't even know what a can of Subway tuna even looks like. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> but at the same time, from time immemorial, ever since like we have had the the like desire to do so, we have made fraudulent food. We as in humans. Mm. I, I think good. about like ancient Rome, right? Where like they had to have like they were like baking bread was a government regulated activity. Mm-hmm. Where like each bakery had like a government seal that they would put on the bread to ensure that it was actually bread because people would put like <laughs> plaster and like sawdust yeah. and like all kinds of shit and counterfeit yeah. bread. Um, <laughs> like it was it was this whole thing. And, you know, that was that was ancient times. Um, oh that God. was a very like restrictive like even at the even though it was an empire it was still like a much smaller food system than when what we have today um i mean god knows i don't know where the bread in my freezer is made so like you know yeah yeah no that's a that's a that's a really good point also we should that would have been a fun segment or an, something to base an episode around like this <laughs> government bread to make sure it's not fraudulent that idea is just super you know during ancient times just super interesting to me that was a nice little fact at the end there ah yeah well food nerd so there you go (laughs) well but yeah no like i mean i love i love this story just because of how it makes everyone look really stupid right including us so yeah yeah humble pie also contains tuna but no tuna dna I feel like that humble pie reference is a good way to kind of wrap this up, I guess. You know, it was a great season. And I want to remind people that Extra Spicy is going to take an extended, nice little break uh, before it comes back. And yeah, I don't know what else to add. We can tell the listeners that we love them. Okay. (laughs) No. We'll be the withholding parents. We'll never tell you that we love you. Yeah. I mean, we, you, we'll, you'll know it by our actions. Just, you know, we, Soleil and I don't communicate well. We'll silently make you a sandwich. With love, but just don't expect to hear it. And that's it. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode. If you're enjoying Extra Spicy, please share it with a friend and give it a rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening. <laughs>